1: All right, it is time for a Week 15 edition of the RotoWire Sports Betting Podcast, sponsored as always by the good—no, actually, John, the great folks over at BetMGM America Sportsbook. Make sure you use our promo code BetRoto, B-E-T-R-O-T-O. You can use that on the BetMGM app. You can use that to bet at betmgm.com. That will make your first bet up to a thousand dollars completely risk-free. So again, make sure you use that promo code, Bet Roto very, very important for us. Very important for bet. MGM, John, how are you doing? We are back finally to having all 32 teams in action this week. None of this bye week nonsense.
2: Yeah, feels good. You know, uh, last week definitely tripped me up as far as getting over the finish line, uh, for the playoffs for a couple of different spots in the, in the Roto Vegas league. I missed the wild card by eight points, uh, and you you know like on a a human level we are professionals we are you know we do this fantasy football stuff for a living but uh i made a lineup error i traveled last weekend and it it cost me so you know what i have no one to blame for myself on on that one and uh you know i'm ashamed i'm wearing the wearing the shame you know you just you got to wear it there there are other spots where uh i i want to match up by 0.6 points to get me over the hump into the playoffs so like it's all good, all things considered, but um, you know it, it will sting. I was hoping to use my Vegas winnings to be, begin fronting what I'm going to owe for the steak league dinner because that that is a that is going to be a bloodbath, and people are so out for blood yeah. in those roto steak dinners. I felt awful for the baseball buyers uh, last time around. Not that I wasn't horribly contributing to to their till, but uh, you know there we were.
1: Hey, it is what it is. Uh, you know, as, as Woody Harrelson in true detective season one said, a man's game charges a man's price. (sighs) That's
2: a, that's a good, that that reminds me. I, I, once a year I watch true detective, I I think possibly over this holiday season, uh, nothing gets you in the spirit more than, than, um, the, the yellow King. (laughs) Yes. I, I usually
1: have a, a few cocktails, whether it's at Thanksgiving or Christmas. And I go on like this deranged rant of like, no, it's the best season of TV ever. You, you don't understand <laughs> as I'd like the furthest thing from, from a TV critic. Uh, but anyway, week 15, John, we are, we're coming in hot here. You know, you, you might've had some staff foods in your fantasy leagues. I, I missed out on a $3,000 prize by 16 total fantasy points oh. on the season. Uh, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm kind of hurting here as well, but we went two for two on our parlays last week, the afternoon delight parlay hit in smashing fashion. My, my four-legger also hit as well. So we'll try to keep that momentum going as we jump in on week 15. We will not talk Thursday night. By the time you hear this podcast, that game will uh, probably be in the midst. Uh, so so we'll, we'll stay away from Niners Seahawks, but that still leaves us with 15 games, three of which, John, uh, arrive on Saturday. We get Colts Vikings in the early window. We get Ravens-Browns as a standalone game in the afternoon. And then Dolphins-Bills, capping it off at night. Uh, Which of these three games on
2: Saturday are you most looking forward to watching? Um, I feel like dolphins bills has the biggest train wreck potential. Um, You know, like any game that Indianapolis plays in is like inherently a train wreck. But um, I feel, I feel like what we know about this dolphins team and everything that's been said all week about their inability to deal with any sort of weather conditions uh, needing to bring heaters with them to, to Los Angeles of all places, and now you go up to Buffalo in December, and like it's kind of like this beautiful parallel from earlier in the season where the Dolphins kind of had the last laugh against the against the Bills because of when and where that game was played is like 100 degrees on the field, uh, you know, like so many snaps, such a high paced game, and you know the, the Dolphins come out on top, and the Bills were just like they left it all on the field; they were exhausted afterward. Um, this time around, now we have the dolphins going up there. Uh, you know there's been some injuries in, in uh, to the key skill spots for for this dolphins team. And I think we're gonna get a bit of a, an answer to the question on on TuA and can he really step up in these type of spots? because I think with the wind, even if you reverse the the film and we have Tua looking like a right handed quarterback, I don't know if he has what it takes to rip it through like 15, 16 mile an hour mm-hmm. constant winds, 25 mile an hour gusts. Like those could just hang up in the air for guys like Jordan Poyer to, you know, pick yeah. off, take to the house.
1: Yeah, you said it. It feels like kind of a complete reversal of what we saw in week three, where it felt like Miami really benefited uh, from the weather down and down in South Beach. I mean, that was a game, too, where if you dig into it, I mean, Baltimore. Won basically every metric. I mean, they ran like three times as many plays. They won time of possession. That it was just a a game that Miami stole early on, and they had a couple of those. But you know, I, I think this now becomes a a big time kind of reckoning game for Tua, who's coming off of easily the worst game of his career, possibly his entire life. Uh, when when you go back to Alabama and, and his high school career, I don't know how he was in, in middle school or Pop Warner at, S- uh, at St.
2: He- Louis High School in in Hawaii.
1: Yeah, right. I I don't know if he ever went ten of twenty eight. Uh, at the high school level, I would guess not, Uh, but it it feels like there's now been like multiple reversals on Tua. Like, you know, I was really down on him coming into the year. I had to kind of switch my opinion midway through and all of a sudden now I'm feeling somewhat vindicated, but I think the weather is a huge factor here. 28 degrees potential for snow. Uh, I saw 12 mile per hour winds at the forecast. When I checked about an hour ago in Buffalo, Uh, I read that this will be the coldest game of Tua's life. He has never started in a game where the kickoff temperature has been below 36 degrees. So this is a kind of an unprecedented situation for him. Uh, Looking at the, the the total in this game sitting at 44 Buffalo has cashed the under in nine of the last 11 games. Uh, They they continue to win, but you know, once again, last week against the jets, it's like they opened that game with five straight punts. You know, Josh Allen had, had a couple questionable throws, you know, kind of early career Josh Allen throws that just get away from him. So it, it feels to me we're on like week six in a row where we're saying, yes, the bills are good. Nobody's questioning that, but you still want to see one of those dominant steamroller performances.
2: You do. And this is a prime spot for it. We'll see if they can take advantage. I I thought that last week would have been a a great spot for them as well. Although, you know, the jets do have a very good defense, but I mean, it was Mike white. They got after Mike white. They hospitalized Mike white. Um, (laughs) but Uh, he's okay. So we can joke, but um, you know, I I do agree with, with the sentiment where like it basically is like the chiefs game, maybe the, the point of demarcation where it's been a little while where since the bills have really looked like the team that they're supposed to be.
1: I think so. I think so. And and even the final score in that game, I think it was what, 24 20. So it wasn't like a domination, but considering the opponent considering it was on the road. Yes. I I think that is kind of when they, they hit their peak, but they deserve credit. You know, that they, they got tripped up by the jets uh, that they had some other kind of wacky games in there. But for the most part, they're they're finding ways to win. It hasn't always been pretty, but they're the one seed in the AFC right now. So you can only take so much credit away from them. Uh, let, let's go to the the lines overall here. And we'll continue to work in, you know, some Colts Vikings talk, some Ravens Browns talk as well. But uh, what are the lines to you that maybe are a little bit too high right now over at BetMGM?
2: Um, so, so leading things off, I would say uh, that the Packers, and it, it's – maybe i'm a little bit a victim of the of the or prisoner of the moment when it comes to the baker mayfield thing but i mean for him to basically get off the plane and and do what he did last thursday night um was i mean it was phenomenal it was, it was like one of the cooler moments i know that baker is not the most likable guy in the world but i mean i thought that that was, that was like one of the cooler parts of this entire season and you know the rams i had said it uh previously like they looked frisky at least a little bit against seattle the, the week prior like they were, they were frisky adjacent yes mm-hmm. so so there had been long stretches maybe months even at that point where we couldn't have said even that uh, about this rams team so there's something going on maybe they can play a little bit of spoiler here down the stretch i know the packers are coming off the bye the offense looked great last time out that was against the bears they always own the bears and the bears defense is just, I don't know, CFL level. I mean, it's pathetic right now what they're rolling well, out there. The Packers
1: were trailing that game going into the fourth quarter. I mean, the offense looked good at the end, but it was still a classic Packers first half letdown.
2: Yeah, see? So I, I just feel like even though it's it's at Lambeau and this is a, an L.A. team going up there, um, I just can't quite trust the Packers to win by more than a touchdown, even against the Rams. So that that one sticks out to me. I, I think the other night, uh, night game over the weekend – uh, the commanders love the commanders have been betting them all year and to, to great success, but four 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 and a half points is the most they've been favored by at home uh, this yep. season. They just, you know, it's kind of weird because they, the their last game was against the giants and they tied the giants mean it. Meanwhile, in the, in the middle of that uh, got completely pantsed by the Eagles last week, Washington was on a buy. So now they're at home, they're coming off the buy, but, I still can't quite get there. I think that this is more of a field goal game. I like Washington to win. I think the Giants are really, really starting to like show their true colors here to, as we get further into the season, but can't mm. quite trust Washington uh, with that number. And uh, the Broncos, I mean, what else needs to be said? You, you just can't trust the Broncos as favorites, basically, is, yeah. is what I'm getting at with that one. Broncos Cardinals, just very mean.
1: Mean job by the schedule makers. Like I, I just don't even want to think about this game. We'll we'll get into it at some point, I suppose, because it is our professional obligation. But my goodness, man, especially if it <laughs> ends up being Rippian uh for Denver. I mean, what are we what are we even doing here? But uh yeah, I had the commanders on my list as well. I do I'm with you. I, everything you said makes sense. I think the commanders win this game. They have the benefit of being the far healthier team. They have the benefit of playing at home, which they did not have two weeks ago. And biggest of all, they're coming off with a bye. Where, whereas the Giants are coming off of like their worst beatdown of the season where they, they got even more beat up injury-wise. I mean, Saquon Barkley played 20 snaps in that game. And if, if he's not at 100%, I feel like the Giants have no chance to win. But I also don't think the Commanders, for as, as fun and frisky as they've been for the last two months, they haven't earned this level of respect. And, I mean, four and a half is not that big of a number. But when you're talking about these two teams, like this, this should never be more than three and a half to me. I, I think it could easily be three. Uh, so I like the Commanders to win. I, I think we get like a... You know 21 23 type of game, um, but but I'm with you, and and you know, I, I talked to Jeff about this one on the XM show last night. We were in lockstep, too. I mean, it's just kind of a we don't love either of these teams. You give a slight edge to Washington for a few reasons, but I, I don't see this, uh, you know, being a, a, a handed win for the commanders. Uh, I, I have a note on the Chiefs here. Are is, is the line too high? I understand why it's 14, and I'll tell you this I, I'm taking the Chiefs minus 14, I'm, I'm likely marching to my own death. There, much like I did when I took the Cowboys uh, against this Texans team last week, but at the same time, you know, it, it kind of feels to me like the Texans had their almost game of the year last week. You know, it's really hard to see them being up for another big time game like this, uh, especially after losing last week. Ultimately, despite playing really well and, and keeping that game close, the Chiefs go up twenty-seven nothing on Denver. They somehow don't cover that game. Holmes throws three picks. It was kind of a disaster. Second half KC holds on, you know, no harm, no foul there, but uh, it, it feels like there's just no way that those two events are happening again. So, you know, I, I know a lot of the numbers indicate, you know, double digit favorites this season are just seven and 14 ATS. That is the worst ATS mark for the, for those situations in over 20 years, John. So we do need to, to keep that in mind, Patrick Mahomes as more than a seven point favorite on the road, eight, no straight up. That's great. One in seven. ATS in those situations. So there, there are a lot of numbers that point to the Texans as the correct pick here, but I, I just can't do it. I, I think this is a, a really good spot for the Chiefs to bounce back. And I, I don't see the Texans, especially with no Damian Pierce, being able to control the clock in the way that they did last week against Dallas.
2: Yeah, Aaron Foster unlikely to be walking through uh that door for, for possible Houston. but unlikely. Right. So we'll we'll leave we'll leave it at that. But yeah, I mean, well taken or point well taken. Uh, you know in in my column, I I also kind of had a similar line of thinking or at least had to had to bring it up that you know since uh 2020 uh the chiefs when they're heavy road favorites two and five against the spread uh by seven or more points going back to that sample I think I read that correctly um so that's problematic obviously the texans did what they did last week almost won outright as 17 and a half point dogs but yeah can they do it again um is the big question but I I think I'm just going to lean with the numbers and I feel equally sick about it, you know, on the other side. Like anytime that you are, you know, checking yes on the Texans, like you 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 do just feel a little bit icky. <laughs> but yeah, it's like that
1: that box pops up that makes you confirm
2: your age. Yeah. It's like, oh, I shouldn't be here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, you're right. Um to, to put a bow on Rams Packers, by the way. Uh and then we could we could probably move on from that one. Uh, you know, that's the Monday night game this week. I, I'm on the Packers here. It, you know, I, I don't love the number. I would I would love it a lot more if that MGM could give it a little nudge, you know, down to six and a half. Uh, It's hard for me to imagine green Bay losing this game, but you know, the Rams are well coached. The Rams could end up getting Aaron Donald back in this game. Uh, That that is a a significant concern for me because the Packers offensive line has been much shakier this year than it's been in years past. The running game uh, has kind of, you know, come and gone throughout the week. And for what it's worth, Aaron Donald did not practice today on Thursday, but uh, has not been ruled out of this game. Aaron Rodgers at night, John, forty-one twenty-nine and two ATS in his career. Aaron Rodgers at night as a six-point favorite or more, twenty-two and three straight up, seventeen seven and one ATS. And you could make the argument that maybe this is this might be like the worst Packers team that he's been on. Uh, talent-wise, it's not, but just in terms of how this year has gone. So you, you know you, you can judge him with or without Devontae Adams. I get all that, um, but the Packers take care of business in these situations, and they're still playing for something unlike the Rams. And the the last thing I'll say about this is where can the Packers be exploited? It's on the ground. Can the Rams run the ball? I don't think they can.
2: No, that I mean, that's very, very good point. I mean, the, the run game has been mostly absent basically since, I don't know, Todd Gurley. Uh, so yeah, it's, I was going to say Eric
1: Dickerson. Yeah. Gerald Bennett.
2: <laughs> oh, who could forget, but Steven Jackson. Oh man. Uh, sorry to our friends in St. Louis. Um, yeah. But yeah, no. I mean, it's not like the Rams have a whole lot going for them, but I, I just, I'm, I'm betting on some late season frisk, and yeah. uh, that, that's basically the, the extent of it. The, the because the numbers are staggeringly pointing in the other direction, and, and I yeah. think you, you're wise to call on them. But you know what, I'm taking the plunge on the Rams.
1: Hey, man dogs are covering at a 55% clip this season. So, uh, you know, you, you might be in the right on that one. A, a lot of things have not gone to plan this year to say the least. Uh, all right, let's go to the other side lines that are a little too low to
2: you at that MGM. Uh, so let, us see here. Some ones that, I mean, the, could you, could you make the argument that the jets should be favored by a little bit more? I know we're seeing like mm-hmm. split kind of split action. I, I, I don't know. It that it has one's moved
1: tr- a little bit. It's up to one and a half. It was it's been at one most of the week.
2: Okay. So that that one is definitely tricky. Um, I feel like again, kind of like how we entered the Bills game. I feel like I would be comfortable with the Bills seven and a half, eight even in, in this spot, even though they're they're not, you know, blowing the doors off of teams. And I also feel like the Vikings uh I think we're deservedly were underdogs, obviously, uh last week, but this is Indianapolis at the end of the day. Like the Vikings yep. might not be as good as as their record suggests, but Indianapolis is every bit, if not worse, uh that than uh their record w- would leave you to believe. Um we'll see if the Vikings can kind of like shore up their their pass defense. Think if the pass rush gets home, Matt Ryan has no ability to to do anything about that. And maybe Fumble Watch is back on. It's so right. I feel I feel like the Vikings um only minus four at home in, in this setup. it, it feels like a little bit low I'd be comfortable with them probably up up to five mm-hmm.
1: I'm with you on that but that's the first one that stuck out to me uh Vikings by the way I mean they're they're like 26th in pressure rate uh it hasn't been fantastic but you know that that Colts offensive line has crumbled this season to me this this number feels too low I'm with you it could be five could be maybe you could, it would it could be five and a half or six and I wouldn't think that's crazy uh, I understand why it's four uh but Minnesota's at home they played better at home this season of course with the exception of that Dallas game uh to me this total Feels a little bit high, 47 and a half at bad MGM. Uh, I I question whether the Colts can kind of hold up their end of the bargain. And even last week, I mean, Minnesota, Kirk Cousins very quietly had perhaps the quietest 435 yard passing game in NFL history. Uh, it did not, it did not feel like he threw for that many yards. Obviously Jefferson, you know, you set the franchise receiving record and you still lose by two scores. That's kind of wild. Um, so if, I, I like the under on 47 and a half. I like Minnesota to win this game. I think the case for the Colts is one, they're coming off of a bye. Minnesota is not, of course, uh, two, they played Philly about as well as anybody has all year and they beat the chiefs. I mean, that was a long, long time ago. That was a, you know, a, a different coach. Everything was different at that point in the year, but they, they have been up for uh, at least a couple of these big games this season. So I understand it. Uh, I do have a couple notes on Minnesota. They are 19-6 and 6 ATS at home after a loss. That's after a straight-up loss. Since 2015, that is the best mark in the NFL. And they have 12 consecutive wins as a favorite, which is the longest active streak in the NFL. So as they've done all year, they, they've they won the games that they're supposed to win and they've lost the games that they're supposed to lose, right?
2: Yeah, I mean that that that's perfect for for them. That that really sums them up uh, pretty nicely. So, there again, this is a game that they're supposed to win. I think that they will.
1: Yeah, I, I like the Vikings, like twenty seven twenty something like that. Maybe it goes just under. Um, you know, teams that stuck out to me as as maybe just a, a little bit low here. And you know, please correct me if this is just my my anti Jaguars uh, bias speaking, but I think the Cowboys could be bigger than four point favorites. I think maybe that's a slight overreaction to, to how lazily uh, they played for 58 minutes last week against the Texans. Obviously the Jaguars, you know, coming off of a huge win exercised a decade's worth of demons in Nashville last week, but they were well on their way to getting blown out of that game. And they won the turnover battle for nothing. You know, I mean, that, that to me is just not really sustainable. I think, you know, if if you take away even two of those Titans turnovers, I, I think Tennessee has a pretty good chance of winning that game. So yes, it was a convincing win for Jacksonville. It was huge. All of a sudden we, we have kind of a, a low key race for the, the AFC South title, but um, you know, some flukiness involved there, you know, Derrick Henry fumbling at the end of a big play directly into the arms of Josh Allen, for example um, you know, not stuff you could depend on week to week. So, so that's one where I, I do like Dallas. Uh, we know better, I think, than to trust Jacksonville in these situations. We've been duped before. Uh, oh they, yeah. Course, I'm only- ready to get
2: duped again personally, but
1: there are two weeks removed from losing by 26 to the lions. All right. <laughs> uh, we, we do have to keep that in mind. That is the worst defense in the NFL. And they scored 14 points. Uh, I, I'm looking at this Cincinnati Tampa Bay line as well. This is in the late window on Sunday. Bengals three and a half point favorites. Bucks are, are at home here. This is the, the second week in a row that the bucks are underdogs. And it's just the second time all season that they've been underdogs. That that's like one of the wildest stats to me. Um, the Bengals are 18 and 3 ATS in their last 21 games. Goes without saying that that is far and away the best number of any team in that sample. Uh, Brady, 10 and 1 ATS as a home dog in his career. Obviously, context has completely changed now versus most of those games being with Belichick and New England. Uh, and a- another crazy stat for you, John. After facing the 49ers this season, teams are 1 and 11 straight up. I, That's I don't know so- what that means. Do you just get beat up?
2: Yes, that that is very similar. A couple of years ago, there was a great stat about teams that that uh, the week after they played Navy. So they they would most of the time they beat Navy, but holy smokes, like you know, they they just have the week long hangover of having to make that many tackles on the ground. So like I feel like there there must be that similar level of of just punishment that is doled yeah. out, and and I think we can safely say that the Buccaneers took plenty of punishment last week.
1: Yes, exactly. So I, I'm again I understand the number. I, I think the the questionable status of T Higgins, Tyler Boyd, uh, you know, Trey Hendrickson breaking his wrist last week, all that is baked in here. So I totally get that. I think if we you know, Hayden Hurst is also out. That's that's a big part of this offense. I think if Higgins and Boyd were healthy, if we knew they were gonna play in this game, uh maybe that number ticks up a little bit and perhaps it will by the end of the week. But I, right now I, I love the Bengals on the road here. I I think you could, you could pitch it as maybe a a trip up spot for Cincinnati, but what has Tampa Bay done at this point to earn any respect, any benefit of the doubt? I I
2: don't know what it is. Nothing's working for Tampa Bay. Like the offense is totally busted. Um, They just, they basically the offensive line, we could have foreseen it a little bit like coming into the season with Ali Marpet retiring, Ryan Jensen uh, getting hurt in training camp. Uh, But at the same time, Brady is so reluctant to do anything other than get the ball out of his hands as quickly as possible, and that just creates a broken offense with no downfield threat whatsoever, and that, what does that do? That allows the defense to creep up, shrinks the field, uh, limits the, the run-after-catch ability because there's no space to operate in, and the run game sucks. Uh, whether it's Fournette or, or Rashad White, uh, that it's just not really getting the job done so that puts Brady in an even tougher spot. And they they have Brady dropping back, you know, 40, 45 plus times a game. And it just with such limited results, it kind of looks like an air raid box score where, where you have to use the passing game as like a, an extension of the run game. And it just creates all these short passes. And it, it just doesn't actually like move the yeah. chains, get them into scoring territory. And when they do, they're not really great there either. So it, it just it's not working. I am worried about the Hendrickson thing long term, although. Is he's kind of a psycho so like he might even oh, yeah. play has he even been ruled out yet officially I, I don't
1: I don't think he has not officially no i, he, I know he, he, he plays
2: barehanded basketball. so
1: I mean yeah that, you can that, see that they might just club it up
2: yeah that guy's a menace I like him um but uh beyond that uh how did how did he land at Florida Atlantic by the way like that's yeah. but either way i i I almost feel uncomfortable with how much I like the Bengals. like very very strongly yeah. considered. Uh, making them my best bet second week in a row. Like you said, they've been killer against the spread for, you know, going back to last year. So ugh, I, I'm nervous at how much I like the, the Bengals in this spot.
1: Yeah, I understand it. I mean, you know, it's, it's always rough going on the road this late in the season. Um, you know, I, I, obviously Tom Brady at, at some point he's going to stop losing that like cachet that he's built or stop having that cachet that he's built up his entire career. But you know, all, all these like Tom Brady's and underdog stats could be a little daunting. That is for sure. Uh, I want to throw one more at you, and I have this as a question mark. I'm not sure uh, that the line is too high, or excuse me, too low, but uh, the New Orleans Saints, they're given they're four at home to the Falcons. This will be Desmond Ritter's first NFL start. This will be his first regular season snap on the first play from scrimmage for the Falcons. Look, I, I, I'm not trying to offer an endorsement of the Saints. Don't misconstrue this. I'm, I'm looking right into the camera. I do not think the Saints are good, but I also don't think the Falcons are good, and this is a really tough spot. To, to, make your, your first NFL start at the Superdome. It's one of the few true home field advantages, even if the team and the defense isn't as good as it's been in years past. So, uh, you know, where, where do you come in on this? Is four about right, or, or should the saints be getting a little bit more benefit of the doubt here going against an unproven rookie? I,
2: I like the saints at, at this number. I, I suppose it, it could be higher. I mean, the, there is train wreck potential coming yes. from, from Ritter because, not only is he a rookie making his first start, but it's not like he's the most highly touted rookie. Now, on the other side of that, long time starter at Cincinnati, of course, right. took their took the program to, to new heights. What uh, was impressive and everything like that, but um, I don't think that there's a lot of weapons around him, and I don't think that he can like. I know that he has a good forty time, but I worry about the frame. Like if if Ritter relies on on the on the legs. I think he's going to get just mashed by, by, you know, some NFL linebackers. So I think that he, so therefore he's going to be hemmed into being a pocket passer essentially with no one to throw to. And it's like you said, saints, even though they stink, people are still going to show up in new Orleans. uh, Low key, like there's some serious vitriol in in this Falcons saints rivalry. I I don't think it gets like a ton of national pub, but it, it, I mean, it's pretty palpable, uh, down here and down in New Orleans as well. And yeah, I think the Saints just kind of want to, you know, knock the Falcons down another peg. And I, I think this is a prime spot to do it. So I, I'm all over the Saints at this number. And and therefore, yeah, I think it could even be higher and I'd still feel good about it. Both of these teams are alive in the division, by the way. Like this is not a
1: meaningless game. It feels like it should be, but it's not at all. And, you know, if the Saints had not just completely given away that game to the Bucs two weeks ago, we would have had a four-way tie for first place right now. And, and oh. look, it's, it's not sewn up. I mean, Tampa Bay could, could not win another game the rest of the way that would not be shocking uh, the way that they've looked so that there is a decent amount on the line here. Uh We should mention, you know, you, you talked about Ritter uh, potentially getting beat up. That's always a concern, especially for a guy who hasn't had any reps. Uh They signed Logan Woodside. He'll be the backup. Had they not done that, uh it, it may have been Felipe Franks uh, taking snaps uh, for the Atlanta Falcons in an emergency situation.
2: Do, do you remember, I guess it was a Thursday night game last year when I think the Falcons were playing the Patriots and Matt Ryan went out. So they had to turn to not only in the, uh, Josh Rosen, but also Felipe Franks in the same oh, game. Yeah. And I think they both threw pick sixes.
1: I mean, yeah, that's what you're getting. I mean, Felipe Franks is a tight end. Uh, <laughs> we, we have him listed on the quarterback depth chart at RotoWire uh, because they just don't have a third quarterback and he would be the guy. Uh, but yes, he, it was funny. There There's that the article in the athletic that broke down the whole Mariota debacle which i mean whatever man not 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 super cool just leaving the team but um there was like this just kind of little throwaway pass- passage that was like Felipe Franks would be the emergency quarterback he's attempted one pass and then was moved to tight end it's like <laughs> i like to picture him like the coaches saw him throw one pass and like nope you're done you're a tight end yeah
2: that's i i've seen enough uh yes. franks has a cannon but like has no idea where it's going and uh is not good at like he in in his dotage, when, once his NFL days are over, like he can just go to a uh, you know long pass competitions in the fields of yes. Florida somewhere uh, where he's from and and you know win forty bucks doing that.
1: Yes, exactly. I, I am excited to see Ritter though. I, I'm not convinced that it's going to be a, a you know a stellar performance. I, I think I think missing Kyle Pitts is like bigger now than it was with Mariota. I think having yeah. him back and a chance to kind of unlock something with him with Ritter would have been really fun. But like you said, they just they don't have the weapons outside of Drake London. So I like the Saints to win this game. It's probably going to be ugly, probably going to be relatively low scoring. But I'm on Saints minus uh, four. John, we, we double locked the Cincinnati Bengals last week at five and a half. I called it my lock of the year. I think I even said it was the lock of the decade. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it came through for us. Our first double lock all season. I felt great about it. It was really... Despite T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd playing three total snaps in that game, it was never really in doubt. Cincinnati essentially led by multiple scores the whole game. Uh, so, so we hit the double lock. We we don't really have uh you know a read situation here. So, do, do we have to go back to the every other?
2: Uh, let let's um yeah let's let's tag team uh the the read this time around. Yeah, but it, it is funny that we literally don't know what to do when both of us get it right.
1: Yeah, unprecedented situation. We we haven't encountered this. Uh, all right, I'll, I'll start it off. Beautiful. Kick off week 15 of the NFL season with the king of sportsbooks. Sign up with BetMGM using our bonus code BETROTO. That's B-E-T-R-O-T-O, BETROTO. And your first wager at BetMGM is risk-free, up to $1,000. Visit BetMGM.com or check out the BetMGM app for terms and conditions.
2: Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only must be 21 years or older to wager, 19 or older in Ontario.
1: This is a new customer offer only. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards are issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credits. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. This excludes MDPs, Michigan Disassociated
2: Persons. Please, we're begging you, gamble responsibly. Uh, Let's see here. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia, one 800 270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. Call call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 800-889-9789 in Tennessee, or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi.
1: In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Ohio, and Utah, as well as other states where prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. Bang. All right. Flew right through that. Easy money. Easy money. All right. Let's get into uh, the games we have not talked about. Uh, Then we'll reveal our parlays of the week. I got a six and a half point teaser dialed up that I love. We we got some friendly numbers on the teaser this week. So we'll we'll get into that. We'll we'll give in our best bets at the end of the pod as well. But uh, John, we have uh, coincidentally not talked about the afternoon game on Saturday. That is Ravens Browns. We know for a fact Lamar Jackson will not be playing in this game. They kind of left the door open earlier this week. Never really seemed like he had all that great of a chance to play. Uh, However, we do know that it will not be Anthony Brown because Tyler Huntley has cleared concussion protocol as of Thursday for the Baltimore Ravens, who are three point dogs at the Deshaun Watson, Cleveland Browns.
2: So I am all over the Ravens in this spot for first up, uh, you know, just get that out. Uh, No spoilers. Yeah. Just spoilers. Out the door. Here we go. Uh, I felt, I, I felt all along this week, just based on Huntley's practice participation, that things were trending towards him being able to to clear protocol, be ready to go. Um, obviously, you'd prefer to have Lamar Jackson, but I think Tyler Huntley can can make this offense work. And I, I was very, very much encouraged uh, by the way that the run game got going once J.K. Dobbins returned last mm-hmm. week. I thought he looked great, and I, I think it's important to note that the Ravens were able to do that with absolutely no passing threat whatsoever because Huntley went out and, you know, you have Anthony Brown, a guy who may or may not should, uh, should be on an NFL roster. So the Steelers knew what the Ravens were doing and they couldn't do anything about it. And mm-hmm. they have a, a, in my opinion, a better run defense by a decent stretch uh, that then uh, this Cleveland Browns team. So I feel like they're going to be able to, to get the ground game going. The, the Ravens were able to that that first time around against Cleveland as well. With, you know and they were much more shorthanded in the backfield in that particular matchup, if I remember correctly. Uh, that was like a lot of Kenyan Drake, if I, cool. if I remember right. So um, I feel like the Ravens are going to be able to do that, just control, just have these long, methodical drives and get it done. I think it's huge that Ronnie Stanley is back. They get Kevin Zeitler back, then the offensive line really kind of looks pristine in this setup. You wonder if they can do just enough in the passing game to get it done. And then on the flip side, Ravens getting healthier on defense. Marcus Williams got back last week. They forced three turnovers. Trubisky, obviously, a lot more mistake prone than Deshaun Watson is. Um, but I just, I'm not sold after these two games. And again, it's just two games. And he was, you know, we were talking about almost a two year long layoff for Watson. But are we sure that Watson's gonna like really look like Deshaun Watson for the rest of this season? Like I'm I'm just not, and I'm not sure that a game against the Ravens is gonna be the one that where he does. So I, I like the Ravens covering this one and I like them on the money line.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you, man. I I, I kind of made a contingency pick in in my article this week and yeah, you know, at the time that I published it, we didn't know who would be under center for the Ravens. And I said if if Tyler Huntley is under center, I think they win this game. And, you know, the one thing that that maybe gives me a little bit of pause is I do think the Ravens should have lost last week. I, I, I think sure. Mitch, Trubisky, Mitch Trubisky throwing three interceptions at the Baltimore 10, the Baltimore 9, and the Baltimore goal line uh, was a big issue. I think if you just get a field goal on one of those, uh, they, they probably win that game. So I, I am a little bit wary of, yes, you know, Baltimore was able to rack up over 200 yards rushing on a, a pretty good uh, Pittsburgh Steelers defense, especially when they have their guys healthy. But at the same time, I, I think if Kenny Pickett doesn't get like WWE body slammed by Roquan Smith early in that game, I, I really do think Pittsburgh wins and, and maybe that colors our opinion uh, a little bit of the Ravens, but no, I'm with you on Watson, man. I I'm hundred percent sure that he's not going to look like Houston to Sean Watson this year. Can he get back there next year? Sure. Absolutely. I, I would say there's a pretty good chance he does, but he looked really, really bad against the Texans. He looked marginally better last week against Cincinnati. Still makes a lot of mistakes. Doesn't quite look comfortable out there. And beyond that, far more concerning is the fact that Nick Chubb has been held to 80 yards or fewer, and in most cases, significantly fewer in four of the last five games. So, like, if they can't get, if they can't get Nick Chubb going, I, I just, I don't, I think this is a a grinded out type of game, and that that really plays to Baltimore's favor.
2: Playing in the mud is kind of like where the Ravens like to reside. I feel like th- this game sets up nicely for that particular setup. I will again I- I'm taking the Ravens in this spot on Saturday afternoon. Let's see, where do we want to go next year, John? Eagles, Bears. Nine points. It's a lot of points. It is. Eagles have not been great on the road traditionally this year. Killed it last week. Divisional opponent, of course, but I mean they the, the Giants stood no chance. I think that that was the game that I circled. Last week is like, we're going to know right away if the, if that's going to be a rock fight, therefore the Giants cover or the Eagles just, just blow the doors off of them. And it was obviously the latter Bears coming off the bye. So do you do feel better about Justin Fields being healthier, clo- closer to full health here. And you know, the way that he was playing b- before that shoulder injury was you know, something that was going to be a problem for the rest of the league anytime that they face the Bears. But at the same time, you just also have to know that the Eagles are going to be able to kind of name their score in this one. So really it comes down to, can fields kind of be Superman enough to keep them within nine points. And I'm leaning yes on that one. Um, But I feel icky about it and I could certainly be uh, convinced Mm -hmm. otherwise, but as it stands bears at home getting nine points. I I think I just kind of have to take it just because of the number. I'm on the Eagles this week, at least in
1: my article and in staff picks. I I think the argument against Philly is, you know, they, they keep kind of coming through in these situations. Like everybody thought it was going to be a close game against Tennessee. 35-10. A lot of people were on the Giants to cover last week. 48-22. I mean, they put mm-hmm. up 40-35 and 48 in their last three games uh, since that weird Colts game where they, they kind of won it on the Hurts the keeper at the last second. So they are rolling right now, but... A lot of the the numbers do indicate that teams in the Eagles' position tend to struggle in these type of matchups. I mean, teams with a ninety percent win percentage or better are nine thirty-two and one ATS. That's about a twenty-two percent cover rate in December in the last twenty years. So, what what do you think accounts for that? Like, is it, is it just these these good teams that either, you know, kind of like the luck factor catches up with them? Something to do with cold weather? Looking ahead to the playoffs, like that, that's just such a stark number.
2: Yeah, I think I think you know the the teams that are out of it and therefore you know getting a ton of points they they're running out of runway for the rest of their season and therefore they they take whatever big game they get as their super bowl essentially mm. so they, they they pull out their best game my, my like best example of that was 2007 i was there uh ravens against the patriots that monday night game very very close game terrible ravens team obviously mm. a, a tremendous patriots team so the that that definitely kind of checks out where these, these teams that are, you know, gearing down, getting ready for the postseason, going up against a team. That's very, very fired up. It, I, you know, it bears out, like you said, it's 20 years of sample uh, to, to suggest that, you know, these, these type of big numbers end up being a little bit trappy uh, for, Mm -hmm. for the favorites. So, yeah, I mean that, that kind of, again, lead leads me towards the bears, not going to feel great about it, not putting in my best bet or anything like that, but I'm definitely not just, marking the the Eagles and moving right on. I do kind of like the over here, 48 and a half. It's a high number yeah. for for an outdoor, you know potentially
1: bad weather game in December, but Bears are the number one team in the league as far as cashing overs this season. And obviously uh, Philly more than capable of scoring. And I think you're right about Justin Fields coming off the bye. He, he did miss a practice this week due to an illness, but was back in full capacity on Thursday. So it uh, doesn't look like that's going to be an issue, but if they're able to kind of get him back to those design runs, I think that really opens things up for that offense, but uh, we're going to agree to disagree on that. I'm, I'm rolling with the Eagles. You got the Bears plus nine over at BetMGM. Uh, let, let's backtrack real quick to Steelers-Panthers. This is another game in the noon window on Sunday. I, I don't have a ton of thoughts here. I mean, we're we're still waiting for updates on the, the pit. Really hinges on that. Uh, Kenny Pickett still in concussion protocol. He was limited on Thursday if Kenny Pickett plays in this game, I think that is obviously a a big time benefit for the Steelers, which is not even that much of an endorsement of Kenny Pickett for me. It is just the fact that I don't want to see Mitch Trubisky out there. And there were, there were even some inklings that, that maybe Mason Rudolph could weasel his way into this game.
2: (laughs) Uh, I love the, the word choice there like that. Mason Rudolph doesn't just simply like ascend the depth chart. He weasels his way up there. He's a weasel. You know, it kind of is so fair. Uh, Although, did I see Deontay Johnson clamoring for, for one, uh, Mason Rudolph Just saying, give him a chance. I think, I think that says more about just like, if, if Kenny's out, don't do the Mitch thing again. No more of that. Like, I think that he's just had it with, with Trubisky. Yep. Um, so that, you know, I think it clearly Mason Rudolph has won this locker room. No, but, um, you know, th- this game, uh, the, the first thing that comes to mind when I see the matchup, is the spoof metal band Steel Panther. Um and that's about the extent of it. Not a whole lot else comes to mind here. That this is not a historic rivalry. No. I don't remember these la- the last time that these two played. Um but Carolina Plucky they, they play on a very thin margin for error, of course, you know that they're trying to shorten the game, but their defense is pretty nasty. They're getting after the pass- passer. JC Horn is a stud. Um so I think defensively they're going to be able to to cause some turnovers especially if Pickett is is not in, in there and it is Trubisky or or Mason Rudolph and I, I don't think the Steelers that offensive line is just such a problem for them like that again they probably shouldn't have lost last week but they did so they they probably shouldn't lose here but I think they will I, I like the I like the Panthers in this one and uh I'm actually reasonably strong on that
1: Yeah I mean it seems kind of crazy to say that about a Sam Darnold led Panthers team. But to me, I think the, excuse me, the defenses in this game are close to a wash. Yeah. I I think the Carolina defense is really good. Pittsburgh's defense is playing well, but they've kind of been in these messy games against bad offenses. So it has been a little bit difficult to tell, and they could not get a stop on the ground last week when they absolutely needed one against Baltimore. That was telling to me. Uh, I, I think the Steelers would love to play this game on offense in the way that Carolina does. Whereas like Carolina can actually run the ball. They have multiple backs that could beat you. I mean, possibly three now, without uh, Raheem Blackshear looking okay last week, but Pittsburgh can't run the ball. Carolina can run the ball. Uh, I think, like I said, these defenses kind of cancel each other out. So I'm with you. I-, I like Carolina to win this game. I think it's going to be really, really close. I mean, this could be, this could be like our 1917 game of the week uh, where, where Pittsburgh, you know, kind of pulls off a, a backdoor cover, but I do like and Carolina to win. It also looks
2: like 1917, like football being played back then.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah, that, I, a little bit of a double entendre. And we, we should mention this game is sitting at Panthers three, at Bet MGM, uh, we talked about Cowboys Jags. Uh, we don't need to go back into that one. I will say, uh, since the start of last season, the Jags are four and twenty-two straight up when they allow fourteen or more points. Uh, I think the Cowboys <laughs> probably get to fourteen in this yeah. game, so uh, we'll see. Maybe they could keep it close, but not not the greatest indication. Uh, let's go to Lions Jets. We, we haven't really dug in on this game. This is this is a, a bit of a a brain teaser for me, John. I have this down as my my least confident pick. In my pick'em league this week, it's going to be my one pointer. I'm rolling with the jets. I am like, I'm weirdly confident that the jets win. And yet when push comes to shove, like I, I can't move them up the board.
2: Yeah, no, that that's a great way of putting it. Like it, when you put it in the, um, in the confidence context. Um, but I just feel like the lions, yes, that they, they did go into the Meadowlands earlier this season, uh, back in November, get the win over the giants. But I feel like when it comes to this lions team jared goff outside december playing against a great defense uh like the jets have like th- this is not like being in dumb conditions against the worst pass defense in football the way it was a week ago um it's very interesting to me that jameson williams is back and doing jameson williams stuff right away like he's like oh yeah they're there literally it is. right away yeah just unreal that guy so dangerous um but I just feel like the the Jets are like the worst type of matchup for for this Lions team, and and I think that even though the the Jets offense isn't great, it seems to be working under Mike White, and I, I think that Mike White is going to be available for this one, at least last that I that I've seen. So that that opens things up for Garrett Wilson. This is still a really bad Lions defense, so all of that leads to me to believe. And it's interesting that uh, unnamed sports books actually have the Lions favored, or, or at least they did earlier in the week. Um, so this one's obviously very close, but I, I feel good about the Jets in this spot at home. I just think the defense ends up carrying the day. They get golf out off his spot, and you know, once that happens, things just start to unravel from there for for Detroit.
1: Yeah, I, I wanna have faith in the Lions offense, but I, I think in this specific situation going up against that Jets defense, and the Jets absolutely need this game. Not that the Lions don't, um, but I I, I just I lean towards that ferocious Jets defense, trusting them more than I do Detroit. And I, I just I I wish I could offer some like, you know, lock of the week, you know, uh, sell your mother's house, take the money and put it on the jets uh, type of explanation here. But uh, I, I, it just, it just feels like this is one where I, I, these are very equal teams. They're very different teams, but ultimately equal. And I side with the team that is better outdoors and, and at home. And yeah, if Mike white makes it through this game, I, I really like the jets. I think that's my main concern is that he's not hundred percent or he takes another hit to that midsection and all of a sudden things could unravel for, for the jets fairly quickly. Uh, all right. We'll zoom through the rest of these Cardinals Broncos. I mean, my goodness, what the heck, man. Uh, Cardinals are, are three point dogs right now. Uh, They of course will not have Kyler Murray back at any point this year. Uh, he tore his ACL. If you somehow missed that on Monday night, Uh, we, we don't really know what's going on in Denver either. Uh, Russell Wilson is, is furiously like chugging concussion water yep. as fast as he can, but he, <laughs> he remains in protocols as of Thursday. I would say, as of right now, it feels more likely to me that Ripien is the quarterback. The question is, does it really matter? Because Russell Wilson put together some really nice series immediately before the concussion. It was really, I think it was the best he's played all year. But obviously, on balance, he hasn't been that good this year. And I think you can make the argument that going down to Ripien, it, it seems crazy to say, but it's not that big of a downgrade.
2: No, it, it's really not. And I know on a talent basis, it is a big downgrade for for Arizona, uh, being without Kyler Murray. but. Colt McCoy is about as good of a backup quarterback as as you could want. You yeah you, you obviously don't want to have him starting multiple games the way that the Cards are going to this season, and uh you know the HBO people must feel very very upset at their investment to to pick the the Cardinals as their like in season hard knocks team because uh you know that's just oh well, I guess it it creates good drama because it is such a train wreck but but I digress um, I feel. Pretty good about Colt McCoy. Um, this is a tricky spot because the the kind of the best unit in this game is obviously Denver's defense. So that, that could certainly help carry the day for them. But I'm just going to bet on the continued cursedness of the of the Broncos. And I, I think that Colt McCoy, he's got one. He's got a dub in him. And I think it I think it comes through uh, in this spot.
1: Okay. Uh, this is second game in a row where I'll be like, yeah, sure. That makes sense for, for whatever you could have said there. Um, I mean, obviously the Denver defense has the edge here, but I will say I thought the Cardinals were the right pick on Monday night. I was on the Cardinals. I actually felt pretty good about it. I thought for at least two and a half to three quarters, they were the better team. I think if, you know, obviously at the end it completely unraveled, they couldn't stop the run. Colt McCoy is getting sacked every other play, but if Deandre Hopkins doesn't have that unforced fumble, return for a touchdown. You know, there was another defensive score for Arizona that got overturned. Like it it really did feel like everything went against the Cardinals in that game, starting with losing your, your quarterback on the second play of the game. Um, So everybody's down on the Cardinals and and for good reason, but um, you know, we should also be down on Denver. So I'm kind of with you. I think there's more upside at least with the Cardinals. I I think that the Broncos at home, maybe that's a safer play. That's the reason they're three point favorites, but I I would not be surprised at all if the Cardinals win that game and uh, I'm on them in staff picks. Uh, those very Patriots that we just saw on Monday night, they are on a short week, staying out West. They're at the Las Vegas Raiders. This game has kind of been bouncing back and forth between a pick'em. We're now seeing the Raiders as slight one-point favorites at home at MGM. Total here, John, 44 and a half.
2: So I guess my, my read on this one, obviously the Raiders are coming off the embarrassing loss, and the Cardinals just kind of had these just awful blunders Monday night, and the Patriots – can still make you pay for those, of course. Um, so the Raiders will need to avoid that. I don't think that their offensive line gets folded up the way that. I mean, they're they're going to have to, you know, make sure that Judon doesn't eat them alive, and, and Josh Uche seems to be arriving as well on on the edge for for New England. But as long as they keep Carr upright and just kind of keep things rolling with, with Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs, and I feel pretty good about the the chances of the Raiders getting the win here because i I just at the end of the day i still feel like the the patriots offense is by and large just busted a busted operation
1: i'm a little concerned about the Ramondre stevenson situation uh he did not practice at all on thursday at at, at this point it would feel like he's probably trending toward not playing in this game probably should not have come back against arizona to carry the ball one time and then Mm re-injure his ankle Uh, i think that would have been maybe the better long-term play to just hold him out but whatever um, Damian Harris was back at practice on Wednesday. He could end up playing. That'd be big for the Pats. This is, this is the stay away of the week for me. I had, I have no idea what's going to happen here. I, I, I tend to trust the Patriots infrastructure in these games. And I think the Raiders are similar to the Cardinals in some ways, as far as they're definitely the type of team that could make those killer mistakes. And they did it over and over and over again. Last time we saw them uh, a week ago against the Rams. So, you know, it, it doesn't really feel like they're coming in hot by any means. Uh, and Bill Belichick, by the way, thirty-four and nine straight up, 28, 14, and one ATS on short rest over the last twenty years. Uh, so going all the way back to two thousand two. So I, I don't really know that the you know the short rest here and and really the long rest for the, for Vegas. I, I don't know that it's all that big of an advantage, especially for a, a Pat's defense that I trust to uh, to use a football guy term here, out physical hmm. the, the the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, John, the last game we have not really touched on here is a pretty huge one. In the late window, Titans and Chargers. We have a 46 and a half point total in this game. Chargers getting the standard two and a half as the home team. This is a fascinating game to me. It, it feels like everybody's back on the Chargers. You know, Herbert played amazingly last week, uh, although it you know, still didn't really beat down a Dolphins team that that played really badly on offense for most of the game. Uh, so I, I still have my reservations about the Chargers, but I also have reservations against Tennessee. I mean, they've they've lost three in a row. They've looked objectively bad. For the vast majority uh, of their last 12 quarters. And this is really interesting to me because Tennessee is going to be able to run the ball on the chargers, but the Tennessee secondary is one of the three worst in the league right now, due in large part to all the injuries that they have. So I, I think these aren't necessarily two teams, Tennessee, especially that you would, you would say would be involved in a shootout, but I feel like this is going to be kind of this very unique. One team can run all over the other team. One team can pass all over the other team. And I think we might get a lot of points here.
2: Yeah, we, we definitely could. I, th- I think you lined that up perfectly. I think there there might not be a team that I've ridden narrative street more with the, than the Titans this year. It's like wh- when they lose to Buffalo, I'm like, oh, they're they're beyond toast. This is proof. And then they they rattle off all those wins. Of course, none of them all that impressive in, in hindsight or in the grand scheme, but they're winning. They're winning those games. And they they got hot. They've obviously hit this cold stretch. I think that they needed this cold stretch because for for a minute there, they, they were starting to to get that same type of characterization that they did a couple of years ago, where it's like, get to January. You do not want to play these guys. Uh, now, now people are jumping off. And I think that that means it's the exact right time to jump back on. Um, I, I think that there's a distinct coaching advantage as far as for versus Staley is concerned. Um, I don't think Derrick Henry gets shut down. He's obviously the key to the entire uh offense if they can get traylon burks back great. Uh looks like they they made a smart draft pick in Chigo Conquo out of the University of Maryland looking good so far. Um so I think there's enough there on the on this Tennessee offense to to yeah basically uh match uh the Chargers, but they they can also kind of go ahead and if they have a lead late or if they if they if it's tied I trust the the Titans to kind of like just be able to play Derrick Henry ball and, and get this done. So I, I like them to win outright as road dogs. And they've been great on the road against the spread this year too.
1: They have. Uh Vrabel twenty-two and eighteen straight up as a money line dog. In his career, Titans are twenty-one and eight ATS as a dog of three points or more uh under Mike Vrabel. And again, this number has moved uh, you know, to down to chargers two and a half. So that doesn't quite qualify, but but still the you know the the general point stands that the Titans have been one of the better underdog teams uh kind of kind of he's approaching like Mike Tomlin territory really when you when you dig into the numbers as far as teams that you just don't want to play as a dog uh so that brings us through the entire week 15 slate john let's uh let's run through our parlays hit our teasers get our best bets out there and and skedaddle all
2: right let's do it um so we got to keep the the afternoon delight parlay um that it, it's gone two weeks in a row now so Targeting that afternoon window of games, uh, these are all against the spread. Give me the Cards, give me the Titans, give me the Bengals. Uh, that that should pay out about plus plus uh, five ninety six, I believe. Um, so that okay. that's where I'm at with with uh, with my first one. And I'll I'm the while you do yours, I'm going to get the napkin math ready for for my underdog parlay. Okay,
1: I like it. I will uh, I will throw out what I'm calling my Nick Whalen's not falling for the Jaguars con act. Parlay of the week. <laughs> uh, so we will start with the Cowboys covering four at Jacksonville. Uh, we will add the Bengals covering three and a half at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and we will finish out. We're gonna backtrack, I suppose, to Saturday. Uh, so it really starts here. Vikings minus four at the Indianapolis Colts. So Vikings got to cover, Cowboys got to cover, and the Cincinnati Bengals have to cover. That gets you to uh Plus 595 over at the Bet MGM Sportsbook. Uh, Do you want me to throw out my my underdog parlay? Please. Okay. So we're doing a a nice little throwback here. This is my AFC Central underdog parlay. Uh, We got the Ravens, the Steelers, and the Titans money lines. Uh, So Ravens got to beat the Browns. You know, the Steelers got to beat the Panthers, and the Titans have to beat the Chargers. If all three of those results happen, that gets you to plus 1013. Uh, and look, for old time's sake, if you want to throw the Jags in there, you know, really, you know, kind of complete all the AFC Central underdogs this week, that would bring you all the way to plus 2,851. I do not recommend including the Jags in this parlay. I don't. But if, if you're an AFC Central loyalist, it is an
2: option. And, you know, who isn't? Uh, you know, bring it back. <laughs> return uh i i do remember being upset when when the realignment happened because the, the ravens and titans back back in the day they, they had a pretty burgeoning rivalry and the ravens and jags honestly had, had some good uh back and forth yeah. there for a while and speaking of the ravens and the, and the jags it's just a two-legger for for my parlay this week that both underdogs uh and that pays out plus 496 so so not quite as fancy we're we're only uh in the triple digits we're not talking uh, 10 to one or better or 1013, uh, to 100, anything like that. But, uh, those are, those are the two I felt the best about as far as underdogs this week. Um, I I do think that, um, the Titans call is, is a good one. Uh, but I didn't want to copy you entirely. And, and, uh, I know the title of of your other parlay, but I'm, I'm going to be the sucker. You know, the, the tunnel is painted on on the side of the mountain. I'm running right into it with the Jags.
1: Oh, man. is that a Wiley coyote reference? Very, yeah, very strong. Absolutely is. Um, you mentioned you know, those old Ravens Jags battles. Uh, it was late earlier this week. I, I was up later than I normally am. Couldn't sleep. I found myself on stony cases, pro football reference page. I don't know oh, how it happened, man. but it did. That,
2: that's when that's, I have those moments on, on the sports reference pages sometimes too. Uh, Stoney kit. That's, that's like, okay, I got to go to bed. Like I remember like a, a couple of winters ago, like I woke up in the middle of the night, couldn't go back to sleep. All of a sudden I'm like looking at Ricky Nolasco's ERAs over the years. Oh, no. So like, it's like, is he as good as I thought he was? And then it's like, Oh dude, just, just go to sleep.
1: Yeah. I'm like, I'm like frantically clearing my browser history. Like I'm clearing <laughs> the cookies considering just throwing away my computer. It's like, I, I can't let anybody see this. Uh, all right, John, time for the teaser of the week. Uh the, our, our seven pointer last week was thwarted uh, by the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, we also had the Bucks covering ten and a half. That went up in flames. Uh shame on you, Tampa Bay. Uh, mm. we're moving to a six and a half point teaser this week. Uh, and if these three legs hit, this gets you plus one fifty. We are teasing the Philadelphia Eagles down to minus two and a half. So they just have to win that game at Chicago by a field goal. Uh, we're teasing the Chiefs down to minus seven and a half, build in a, a little bit of insulation in what could be somewhat of a tricky game against the one-win Houston Texans and we're teasing the Buffalo Bills down to a half a point so the Bills just have to win this game by any score it could be 100 to 99 it could be two to one uh, if that's even possible it is not uh, but the Bills just need to beat the Dolphins so uh, any uh any qualms with that one
2: no but I just think that key number wise seven and a half scares me a little bit but yes, like 100 percent. At, but at the same time it is the Texans. Like I, 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 think that worst case Ontario, the, the chiefs win by 10. So like that, and therefore they will right. cover that.
1: That's exactly, you're exactly right. You should be calling me out on that. You you don't in general want to tease teams down to seven or seven and a half. I mean, it's like, if there was a seven and a half point teaser option, that would be fantastic. Uh, but I, I didn't think, you know, going up to seven and getting it to chiefs minus seven really accomplished anything. Uh, so for me, it was more about getting the Eagles to two and a half kind of had to pick my battles there, but, okay. uh, Eagles two and a half Chiefs seven and a half bills, uh, by a half point that that's what we're looking at there. Uh, I would also consider teasing that Titans chargers total down to 40. If you want to tack that on uh, maybe think about it. I, I, I do think we get points in that game uh, as we just laid out earlier. Uh, but that is the teaser of the week. You just heard our parlays of the week, John. That means it is time to lock it up. What is your best bet against
2: the spread for week 15? Give me the jets minus one at home Whew. against the Detroit lions. Uh- I'm a believer in that defense. I'm a believer that Jared Goff will wilt in this spot. Nothing more needs to be said. Give me the Jets. Go green. Okay. So the the Jared Goff wilt
1: pick of the week. Uh, I I like that one. I'm on the Jets as well. I would like to see Quentin Williams uh, up his activity, by the way. He had a calf injury last week, hoping he could play for that defense. If he doesn't play, that's huge. Uh, But I still do like the Jets. I'm going with the Vikings. I'm going with the Vikings, minus four. We talked about it at the top of the show. This line could easily be a point, point and a half higher. Uh, I understand you know, a lot of the advanced metrics say that the, the Vikings and the Colts probably aren't separated by as much as you think. So I, I get it, but Vikings are at home. I, I don't really see them getting tripped up here. I, you know, The defense is a concern, but can the Colts really capitalize on it? I don't know that they can. So I'm locking up the Vikings. You're locking up the Jets. As always, if you're betting, do it on BetMGM. Download the BetMGM app. Go to betmgm.com and make sure you use our promo code BETROTO, B-E-T-R-O-T-O. Make that first bet risk-free up to $1,000.